Look what I've been going through lately. Sometimes I, I get depressed, I might overeat, I might not eat. Sometimes I get to buying shit that I don't even need, clothes that I'm never going to wear. I get to entertaining old relationships. Real ones, no shoes that I walk in. Had to make it out, I had no option. Get the sale or the block or the coffin. Had to make it out, I had no option. Lock me up and throw away the key. Ain't no care about a nigga like me. So I stack it up, I got this poppin'. Had to make it out, I had no option. I had just finished the prison stench without the presumption of innocence. The system don't look at me different when I'm on the trying to do something legitimate. My children been mad at their mothers. Like, when is our daddy coming home? We video visit on FaceTime, but they like a thousand miles away. What was his name? Yeah, that was good. What was that? Kevin Gates. Kevin Gates. Oh, man, Hi, and welcome to the uh, Harder Brunch Podcast. I was jumping right into the After Brunch right, right Podcast. Away. Wow, look at that. Hi, and welcome to the uh, Harder Brunch Podcast. Jesus. Twice. <laughs> Hi, right, and welcome to the... Nope. Hi, and welcome to the Harder Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. Third time's a charm here today <laughs> from the Harder Brunch Studios. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chris King. Hello. Uh, the sauce boss of Indianapolis on the ones and twos, and the 2020 meat cake champion, Zach Roan. Hey there. And we're joined in studio by Chef uh, Michael Burgess. Bergen. Bergen. Bergen, sorry. Oh, my God. Wow. Farmer this is, I'm, uh, what a train wreck this show I'm is. eight weeks sober. I'm just falling apart. <laughs> Not uh, even like just, 60 seconds in. You was in there crushing it on the line. Uh, I, I, I do your thing. You, you good to go. <laughs> from the... Uh, from the <laughs> <laughs> from the Eat Factory. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. okay we got that Now, right. is the Eat Factory, is that a, a, how do you describe that? The Eat Factory is a culmination of a lot of food that's been eating over the years and things that I feel that people like to eat and should like to eat. So, I don't want to be put in a box, so I like to cook yeah. everything, so. But right now it's a pop up restaurant. It's a pop up restaurant right now. Yes, sir. Nice. And how many pop ups have you guys done so far? Um, we kind of have like a little small. I don't want to call it a residency at Milk Tooth, but we were there five weeks straight. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And how was the how was the reaction to that? Oh, the turnout was good. Um, people love the food. Uh, the feedback was great, and um, we're looking um, to start back up um, this week coming up. Yeah, that's awesome. What day? Um, Wednesday we'll be open at um, Lincoln Square off of Autobahn and East Washington Street. Right there. Oh, right here in Irvington. Oh, Wednesday? Wednesday through Friday from 5 to 10. I know we're meeting Wednesday. Friday. Nice. Wednesday through Friday, 5 to 10? Yes, sir. That's, yeah. What did you say, Zach? Could you close that door? <laughs> I can hear the, <laughs> the whole conversation from yeah, the other room. <laughs> that's true. We do have a lot of people over there. I've never been able to hear them. I think Sarah Pop Tarts is just very, very loud. <laughs> That's one of her many superpowers that we'll talk about in her both podcasts. Uh, I, I like I like the fact that you don't pigeonhole yourself into it. Just say like we're cooking, we're cooking, and it's gonna be good. Uh, instead of just saying like, oh, we do only this. Uh, I used to have a burger food truck. Okay, and then people are just like, kind of like you thought I could only cook burgers. I'm yeah, like, man, I can cook. I can cook whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Like. People try to put you in a box just because. Is that the deal, though? I mean, on your pop list, is there consistent? Is there themes at all, or third line at all, or is it just whatever you feel like is what you're going to do? It's honestly what right as of right now we're doing um, Japanese style street nice. food. Nice, nice. And like I was just out in L.A. and I was eating ramen real tough out there because I got tired. The part of Cali that I was in, they didn't have anything besides Latin American food and fast food, so. 
once I started working down in LA, I was like, yes, I can get ramen whenever I want to now. Yeah. It's always been something I like to eat, mm-hmm. but we don't have a lot of that here yeah. in the city, you mm-hmm. know? No. And uh, once I was started eating there and I decided to come back out here, um, I was just like, it's going to be cold and indie. Why don't I just do ramen? Yeah. Is that what you've been doing? Yeah. Oh man, I love ramen. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you like out here, ramen wise? Do you have a Do you have an Indianapolis ramen favorite? Um, I mean, outside of yourself, I'm sure your stuff is killing it. But I know um, Carlos um, from Little Dumplings. He's always oh, doing fire yeah, food yeah, out yeah. there. Um, it is another place um, off of 96th and Meridian. Fun number two. UG, UG, I forget what the name, but they have this one. This, uh, they're rhyming out there. Zach, you're not gonna like that too. No. So, yeah, no. yeah. You got Zach sitting. Oh, Neil Brown's place. Oh, Fujiyama. Right on College and. Oh, you're thinking about Yukio? No, oh. I was talking about the place that's on 96 and Meridian, oh. and it's like a plaza right over there. You, it's Y U J I. I try not to go that far north. I like to. I get weaker the farthest the road I get from downtown. <laughs> I like to stick to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Nice, nice. Uh, no, fuzz, amazing. I, I think you, I think you're right though. I don't know. Outside of Rook, which is no longer around, I don't know where you get good. I mean, uh, good ramen, not pho. Good ramen downtown. There was that ramen place that was up for like a little bit out in Fountain Square, mm-hmm. and then they shut down immediately. You weren't allowed to go inside. Yeah, you had to sit on the side of the street eating soup. Yeah, not a, not a walking food <laughs> at all. Not at all. I don't, think, all. I don't think that concept was very. No, well no, it sure out. wasn't. Yeah. And they just give you like a cup, like there you go. Like, can I sit around? They're like, no, you got to take your soup to go. I never actually found that place. I always heard about it. I'm like, I'm not exactly sure where it was. <laughs> it at. was that type of place. It was real small. Uh, it was in Fountain Square. I think it was by what's that veggie place? Three carrots. It was next to Three Carrots, but it was a closet, and you go in yeah. there. And the ramen, they made the noodles from scratch, mm-hmm. which was cool. Um, I can't remember the place. It doesn't matter because it's closed now. But you go in there, and it was I thought it was pretty good. But then you had to take it to go, and you couldn't eat inside, which yeah. Amy and I that? went. Why couldn't you eat inside? Because they didn't have any space. Like, they were literally, like, it was a to-go place. Like, you know when you get, like, pizza by the slice? Okay. Typically, like, walking pizza. That's cool. You can walk with pizza. The pizza's yeah. made for walking. It was like a Little Caesars, but of It was soup. like a Little Caesars, but of soup. It was like a soup speakeasy. <laughs> soup speakeasy. Hot and And then, uh, yeah, and then you're like, here's your bowl to go. And, like, cool, where do I sit, like, outside? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have any space for you to even Not stand here. in this line. Keep it going. And then Amy and I were walking. We were in Fountain Square, and we walked in. And, obviously... I think we ordered it ahead of time because we clearly weren't thinking mm-hmm. when we wa- wa- sat in line, like, we're not going to sit anywhere. Yeah. And then we had to walk out. And so we just sat on, the, on like, the side of the store eating soup, like a couple of soup hobos. Yeah. And they was said, it a nice day? It was, was, it was good? It was amazing. Oh, it was, I thought it was great. It was just it was the summer. We didn't think it through. Okay. Like, we didn't, like, hey, let's have some so- hot soup on a July <laughs> outdoors. <laughs> so sitting there, it's sort of like just sitting there sweating over, and I'll sweat at the drop of a hat, just sweating over some ramen. I'm sure we weren't advertising well for them. Like, hey, you know what's good, guys? Come in here and get yourself some soup. I'm sweating in mine. Like, we'll, we'll probably pass. Yeah. I think I'm the reason that place is closed. What's your uh, what's your uh, cooking background? Um, I, did I say online they said you're self-taught? Oh. Yeah, you can say that I'm self-taught, but I've been to culinary school. and <laughs> I mean, So not, not self-taught then. Okay. I love I mean, that he allowed you. You can say it. I mean, I am educated, <laughs> sir, but, yeah, but I guess you want to say it self-taught. Was more or less, it was more or less. I didn't get into culinary school until years after I was already in the, in, yeah. in the industry. Mm-hmm. And um, I was working for Hoagland Fine Catering at the time under um, Chef Sully Sawage. And um, he was like, Mike, uh, you're already doing everything in the kitchen. So if you was to go to school, 
and get your paperwork, I could pay you what mm-hmm. I should be. Paying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those type of That's things. That's how they got me, too. So it was Really? <laughs> That's what they say? That's like an HR thing. Like, there's in job descriptions, like, we do have to, because we have to be careful when we hire people, we have to have very strict guidelines for mm-hmm. jobs. And so it's like you have to make it a requirement like for education stuff, yeah. which I think is crap. But it's like the difference sometimes between getting 30 and 60 grand a year. But in exactly. a kitchen, usually it's not, there's not, you're not under the same kind of requirements and restrictions that larger p- positions are. You can, when you're small enough, you if can it's, just, yeah, but this is like, that depends on what kind of kitchen. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sucks. That's kind of ridiculous. That sort of defeats the entire purpose. Cause you always think like you're going to learn. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. know more than I do, but I think you're going to learn more in a kitchen working mm-hmm. than you probably would learn in school. I don't know if you're a pyramid scheme school that you I went mean, to, I, Dyke. There's a lot of people that they have. It's That's the the back and forth. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. say, man, you don't need to go to culinary school. You can learn everything you want to in the kitchen, yeah. which is true. Yeah. You can do that. But there are certain things that you won't learn cooking on somebody's line in the kitchen as far as yeah, the yeah. business side of the industry. Yeah. You can't learn that in the kitchen. Yeah. Working 12 hours a day. Chopping people's vegetables and working on a line. No, you that's won't true. get that unless you're in management. That's true. But you can't cross that threshold some places unless you have degrees, degrees yeah, and yeah, whatnot yeah. to back you. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. That's interesting. Do you feel like you, outside of the business side of it, do you feel like you learned culinary wise? You learned some stuff when you were in school versus that you probably would have never picked up just, just on the line? I mean, yeah. I mean, as far as. When we dove into classic French cuisine, yeah. classic Italian cuisine, and the, the, the other various ones throughout. But it's more or less of the thing that helped me was remembering what I've done, what I've seen, what I've, my dad's cooked because he was a yeah, chef. Yeah. And just in applying it to what I'm seeing and what I'm learning in the books. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that that infusion stuff, I think that's – to me, that makes sense because you're going to learn some stuff that you wouldn't learn just wa- walking into a kitchen unless you're lucky enough to, to work in a lot of different kitchens. But you kind of get exposed to all the different stuff, and then mm-hmm. you get to you have that opportunity to kind of put your spin on exactly. whatever it is. But I think I think is really really mm-hmm. important. So that might yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Where do you like? Who are your like like family influences growing? Like my grandma was from France, so like mm-hmm. we we would eat this kind of. It wasn't like high cuisine by any means but it would be like this kind of like european yeah rustic food and mm-hmm. i think that definitely comes out in my adult cooking now i mean for me it was like my dad he learned how to cook in the marine corps he was a chef in the marine corps well yes and just seeing his everyday grind and what he cooked on a day-to-day basis just working for um the VA hospitals. Yeah. And then what he did in his spare time cooking for the black expo events back in the nineties and doing other private events for other people that we, as his kids, we helped him with, I was up peeling onions and potatoes in the morning, but it's, I can't say we really had a cuisine per se. Cause my dad, he was a chef. He cooked, he cooked everything. All of it. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So you already kind of had that like kitchen discipline before you went into Columbus. I worked in the industry for, uh, 10 plus years before mm-hmm. I went to culinary school. Same. But I was always a, what is, what's the word? A jerk off. I was, just kind of like, <laughs> I, was I didn't take it real seriously mm-hmm. until like I went to school and then like that really, plus working at McNiven's at the same time really just kind of hammered that professionalism. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Show up on time, have your shit ready. Yeah. But it, I don't, I don't know. Well, I think, I think that I would, I would say when you talk about like learning from your parents and learning that stuff, it's funny that you, you were still drawn 
to the, the the industry because I think if I was waking up early in the morning peeling onions potatoes, I would never want to see a potato ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's no, how most people. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just it's just my love and passion for it. And mm-hmm. I mean, like everybody in my family cooked. It was like everywhere we go, every aunt's house or uncle's house, we were always cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always cooking. So I was the kid who was always in the kitchen. Why everything yeah, is. Yeah, Plus, yeah. I was the, the chunkier kid out of all of us in the family. Yeah, I think, so. uh, I don't know if you can see the rest of us sitting here. I mean, you're, you're, I know our audience can't, but you can. Uh, we're all the chunky kids. Uh, we were all the chunky kids. And um, that's why we, we have a, we have a podcast where we just talk about food and laugh at ourselves uh, because clearly that's what everyone else did when we went to high school. So we just made a whole podcast about it. Why so we know how it goes. Yeah, exactly. But is that, is that the deal? Is that, so when you, when you talk about food, when you got in the food industry, I think, like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I definitely, for me, just sort of fell into it. It was what I kind of fell into. But it seems like for you, like, that was it. That was predestined, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be in the kitchen. Well, not necessarily for it. I wanted to be a history teacher. Okay. Well, yeah, those, those honest, are interchangeable. Sure. Coming through navigating life, I wanted to be a history teacher. But then it's like, that didn't happen. Yeah. And then my dad always told me, if you cook, you'll always have money in your pocket. Yeah. You'll always be warm. And you always have food in your stomach. Yeah. Period. And those things are actually true yeah yeah. so i just it's just it was just like you said natural for me to just do it is that but that's what you're doing now i mean even covid it seems like with your history and what you've been doing so far do you think covid is like negative impact on what you're doing i mean obviously dyke's over here laughing at covid i don't know if you see the article in any monthly but he loves just he's he's really banking off of it so i don't Mm -hmm. know if you've kind of (laughs) seen some success or downturn and kind Mm -hmm. of turned it great are you taking advantage of you know kind of a dark spot well honestly well for me it's been good. It's been bad and good. Yeah. It's been bad and then it's been good because yeah. when COVID hit, I had just left Indy to go to Cincinnati and work for this franchise out there yeah. and run two restaurants for them. Oh, wow. Then COVID hit. The <laughs> the shareholders took the monies out of the account, so I couldn't even pay my staff. Oh, and so we had to go through a whole thing. With Is that place that. still open? No. Okay. Because we, we can burn it down if you want. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, that sucks. That was the bad side of COVID for me. But then it was going out to Cali, um, working in um, for these um, the CNC catering. And I was able to cook food for the homeless, which was a very uh, humbling, cool, cool. humbling yeah. experience for me. And then it's, I was just like, you know what? I don't want to work for anybody else. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, but that's that's something like we've seen that with a lot of people we're talking to that have kind of done sort of what you're doing is like mm-hmm. taking this as a really dark time for a lot of people, not for Dyke. He's only he's only been great for him according to the Indie Monthly. But a lot of people this has been kind of a dark side, mm-hmm. but to be able to kind of look at the upside of that and turn into something else. Or like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do something for myself and then mm-hmm. continue to do that. Exactly. It seems like that's what you're doing. Exactly. That's that's basically what it was what it was. It's like cause I seen like how somebody can just you can go work for somebody every day, yeah, and put your all into it because this is what you want to do and this is what you like to do. Mm-hmm. But then when things get messed up, you guys take all the money and run and right. leave everybody else hanging. Yeah, and that's like, a, that's business. And that's just business. Like, and it was like you guys don't have to be in the office and answer all the questions from the staff about when yeah. the checks are coming, when the payroll's coming, and yeah. it's like everybody's coming to you and you're supposed to be the person with those right. answers and you don't have that's what them. that's what i think sucks about like investors or people that are like i think it'd be fun to do a restaurant but mm-hmm. they don't come from the industry mm-hmm. because for people like that it's just like an investment opportunity that's all, it is. that's all it is and when the money bounces out like well this is just like 
for me, it's just stocks. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing something, just diversifying. Mm-hmm. So did if I gain? I'm, did I lose? Or did I yeah, break yeah. even? If the stocks aren't mm-hmm. coming, then I'm just going to take my money out of those stocks and take a loss and not, there's people there. And I think that that is the crux of the relationship with the service industry is so much of us are those people, but so much of us, unfortunately, work for investors or mm-hmm. work for, you know, corporations and even, even small local, local corporations. There's a disconnect there. And I think you just can't. You know, maybe that's what COVID is doing. I can't. I, don't, I think you can't be super successful unless you're with the people. You're passionate about it, mm-hmm. and this isn't just like a way to like turn some money around that you thought it'd be like a fun thing to do with your friends. Like yeah. it's got to be for real. Yeah. So you got to, like I said, you got to put your all into it. But I've seen just from my various friends and people I know in the industry here how they've had losses, and a lot of people have had to band together and do things together, and that's why you're starting to see a lot of different pop ups. And a lot of yeah. different collabs mm-hmm. going on in the city because yeah, yeah. everybody's putting all their resources that they have left together. Yeah. Now, the Eat Factory is a collaboration, correct? Um, collaboration as far as what? Oh, I saw two chef names on there. Oh, yeah. Um, that's um, Chef Leah is uh, my business partner, Leah Smalls, and also my brother, Jeffrey Bergen. He's in um, the mix with us also. Oh, nice. Nice. So a collaboration, essentially. If, if that's how you say, I, I call it. A, uh, uh, it's more of a. I don't know. It's my family, so. Oh, it's I don't. Just, yeah. I don't yeah. look at it as, as that. You know. You don't collaborate with people. We're not collaborating, Dyke. We just work together. That is true. That's what he's saying. Uh, we do. We do collaborate every week, uh, Chef, with the game, because uh, Chris King's not always sure what he ate <laughs> for for brunch. We just got done eating a big brunch, so we like to play a game called uh, which was fire. Thank you. Yeah. By the, the way. Well, Chris always likes to take me down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> we play a game called, hey, what do you think you just ate? Okay. Yeah. And so Chris is going to take a guess at uh, what each of the courses were. Mm-hmm. Um, if he guesses wrong, you will get a chance to steal and uh, take a better guess. And there's no uh, no prizes. Nothing will be awarded to you. Yeah. It's just, uh, just no just winners. To, <laughs> I like bragging rights. I'll, I'll take the bragging yeah, yeah, rights. Bragging rights. No, we're all winners. We're just all the losers. So what was the theme? Dyke, what was the theme today? What would you, what do you think the theme was? Thick yeah, I think and healthy. That's your job. <laughs> really? There's no. I honestly, I have no idea. It was all over the place. Zach did say it was. Uh, it was just. It was the, all the hits. That maybe some some drawbacks, some pullbacks of things we've had before. But there's some things in there that I don't think we've had before. No, those. It was uh, mashups. It was kind of all, mashups. They were all two things. Oh. Okay. Okay. I think mash-ups. maybe that's so. That's, a fusion. Yeah, a fusion okay. of things. Oh, okay, which is okay. great because all of us. That's great. Fire. Yeah, no, it was good. It was all really, really good. But that's why is that why you did a buffalo chicken French toast with cheddar? Like you, <laughs> you collaborate. Like, what if we put cheddar on a buffalo chicken sandwich? Is that what it was? It was. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's why we did that. <laughs> is it? What were you? What was it a mashup of? It was buffalo chicken mashed up with cheddar French toast. Chef Mike, you get the steal. You should. You should write menu description. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I didn't know. I, I wrote down buffalo chicken, French toast, cheddar made an appearance. <laughs> I didn't know. I've never. It's. I love. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong. It was amazing. No, I mean that's that was, that's pretty much it. <laughs> It was uh there was a uh Nashville hot chicken mm. uh, okay uh, was sandwich with French toast. <laughs> you didn't let and you didn't let, steal. You didn't let them steal. Well, you were you were, you got that. I was one. close. Oh, yeah. oh, I did it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. there was the pickles. I liked the fact that you had to find the pickles. They didn't come with the sandwich. <laughs> it's like you know what's good with this pickles. Maybe they're here. That's what I thought. I thought it was actually like uh like a game. Like it was mm. games of your food because the second one it was a mashed potato scavenger hunt. <laughs> I didn't know what <laughs> that pile was, but every bite I took was different. I thought, oh, like, hey, man. what if a sandbox was edible? 
That's what we what, had. Was, was that like a? I thought it was like a, like a pork belly Manhattan. Well, there was a pork belly. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. close. That's real close. That's closer than the sandbox over here. It did. It did. There was a there was a pork belly on top of it, yes. but I'm not. I'd be remiss if I that brisket. wasn't a pork. That was a that was a brick brisket Manhattan. Oh. That was brisket. 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 Breakfast. So it was brisket, biscuits, and gravy. Or brisket, gravy. Did you say brisket? Brisket. 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 Gravy. So you don't even know what it is. Brisket, gravy over mashed potatoes and toast. There was toast in there? Yes. Yeah. You didn't see the toast? The bread? I didn't didn't know what that bread was. Every bite was different. It was Every bite was different. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't know what I was gonna have. But it's like the every bite was like, is this gonna be mashed potatoes or is it gonna be gravy? And every time I guessed mashed potatoes, it was gravy and vice versa. Like I don't know how you mix it like that. Have you ever had a beef manhattan? Yeah, you know I have, dude. We worked together. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah, it was like that. But you know where the meat is. This was like maybe there's meat in here. Maybe it's just mashed potatoes. I don't know. And then it was you had the pork belly. I thought it was pork belly, but it was brisket. Which it the brisket was in the gravy. The brisket was that thing on top, right? No, the pork belly was on top. That was that, not, was, that was brisket too. He said it was brisket. Hey man, he threw who threw. But it? there was also there was also brisket in the gravy. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that must have been all the fat I ate off of that. Well, <laughs> well I, think, I think the thing is, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Thad, Thaddeus McKee, friend of the show, was obviously here, yeah. and he referred to that as fatback. <laughs> or back fat. Back, back fat. Fatback fat is a thing. He called it back fat. And back it was fat. adamant that he had bat fat, back fat previously. Yeah. And he, that's what he orders. He might have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where he's eating. And, then, and then we had a 20-minute discussion about where that would uh, be. Located on the plate. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't know. I think the love handles are <laughs> That's what that is. But yeah, uh, then we had, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was surprised by what you just said about that. Like, I did not know that that was brisket. I didn't know there was brisket in there. I, I couldn't, there was a lot of mashed potatoes and or gravy. Yeah, it was a very starchy, starch forward. <laughs> did you, did you yes. put, did you put the gravy on top of the mashed potatoes or you just mix it together so that you, every bite kind of was. It was on top. Yeah, okay. Right. So every bite, yeah, you should have had bread. Yeah, it's very starchy. Yeah. It was it's very, very starchy, yeah. but it was a and lot the of fresh time was great on that. Actually. Oh, thank you. That was time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you, you tricked us with that fat back, so I was in chair. <laughs> fat back. <laughs> then we had a handheld taco salad, yeah. which, I, which I think we've had the handheld taco salad before, right? Uh, I like that. I like the handheld taco salad because it's trickery. Because you look at it like clearly that's a soft taco, <laughs> and then when I pick it up, I can fold it in so things don't fall out. But then I picked it up and it stayed hard and everything fell out. <laughs> that was a nice little. That was that was the game of that. Like, see if you can hold it on the thing, We're and st- I couldn't. I dropped it all off. Uh, that that was Zach he pried uh, the taco shells for us. But was it a handheld taco salad? Is that what it was? It was a breakfast taco. Breakfast taco. Oh, because there was eggs in there. I don't know. I literally only had the taco because everything <laughs> fell out. I really expected that I'd be able to fold it around. Yeah. And it's kept its hard shape, and it was like a tapas thing or a, uh, like tostada, a tostada, like a tostada. <laughs> but I thought I would be able to pick it up, so I turned it over, and everything oh, fell pff. down. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't want to grab it from somebody else, so I just like I'll eat that egg later. Yeah, I think we figured out you can't really deep fry the taco shells. Yeah, I, I wish you'd have found it out maybe before you served it, but, but was, I liked it last time. time. I liked, I liked it the last time, so yeah, it was good. No, 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 it was good. That, that last time I just remember it because yeah, I had sour cream in the bottom, and I said, "Dyke, why is the sour cream in the bottom?" You said it shouldn't be there, so I don't know what I ate that. Hey, time. My taco was very crispy. It was good. No, it was very, very good. Uh, then we had what if Denny Skillet had a duck egg? <laughs> <laughs> now that with yeah. the duck egg, yeah, that's. That was teetering one two for me. Oh, that, that thing that was delicious. It was really good. 
Very good. But I don't know if you're familiar. Dyke always, you never know, is going to have a duck egg. Dyke plays a game called What's Got a Duck Egg on It. <laughs> like, there's always something with a duck egg on it. And the, the, the game that this was, because I thought themes were like trickery in games. Yeah. Like, oh, there it is. Guess where the egg is? Oh, it's on the Stinny Skillet. And we, then Zach said you spent it. That was a waffle. Yeah, it was a it was a hash brown waffle. Hash brown waffle. Did you know it was a waffle? No. I Have you had hash brown waffles before? No. That's, it was a, wa- a waffled hash brown, if you will. I had it here for the first time, and that's some Pinterest shit, is what that is. It's <laughs> 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 like, ladies, guess what I figured out? It was amazing. The problem is, once you put all the stuff on it, you can't really tell it's a waffle no, anymore. No, it doesn't really hold its consistency. It's just a pile of. <laughs> Just a pile of potatoes. Just kill it. Yeah. Like that, yeah. um, what's that thing you get at Waffle House with the hash brown with everything it's on it? called the skillet. Uh, smothered, smothered, <laughs> smothered, smothered, smothered and covered, yeah. Oh, smothered, covered, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, is that, was that goose bacon on there? Nope. Oh, it wasn't? Not today. Not until they sponsor me. <laughs> was it just store bacon? Or follow me back on Instagram. Come on. <laughs> Put your shit together, smoking goose. I really, I really don't understand why they don't. Maybe they, they've obviously never heard the podcast. We talk about them a lot. Plus, I have never seen you, at least outside of the winter, I've never seen you not wear one of those goose hats. Yeah, like you can't uh, just. I mean, and big supporter. supporting the brand too. Yeah, they'll come around. They'll come around. They'll come around. I, I the, believe in them. I bought the prawns, the smoked prawns, because of you. Like yeah. they were amazing. And then I realized that that's when I remembered, like that I'm not a chef because I'm like, oh, these are going to be good. And then I didn't know even how to peel them. Well, eventually we'll be big, too big. We'll be too big to fail. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come to us. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what we're still open for. Things come full circle. Uh, and then we had the last thing we had was very good. It was uh, candy bar can- pancakes. With peanut butter cups. <laughs> Pretty what much. That? What, yeah. was that? what was that camp movie with Christopher Lloyd where the kids take over the camp and they put pop- Camp Nowhere? Camp Nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember the name of the show, but those are essentially Camp Nowhere pancakes because they were churros. It's like yes. if a child, like, I'll make whatever I want and it's like I'll have churros, but they'll be pancakes and I'll smother it with candy. And then Sarah Pop Tarts is here and she thought, like, oh, is that, is that, uh, she said, is it marshmallow fluff? And like no, it's just I think it was whipped cream in there. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I kind of feel like pancakes are already borderline dessert territory. Like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little thicker than a crepe. Yeah, yeah. And so well, that's that might Jim, as well go full dessert. That's that Jim pancake. Gaffigan bit where he's like, you can't have cake for breakfast unless it's a pancake, and then, and then you can have as many, and then you have to have five of them. I I just have like these deep seated memories of. Uh, did you ever eat at Shoney's as a yes. kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My just dad that, would have us there at the crack of dawn. Yeah, that hot syrup and, and the, yeah. the pancakes. Yes. Yeah. I met uh, I met Flavor Flav. I met Public Enemy. <laughs> what? At a Shoney's one time. I, swear, I was like, like, they planned to meet together? Like, hey, Flavor no. Flav, let's meet you at the Shoney's. Like, I was like 11 years old, and we wa- I wa- walked in with my mom, and the, the tour bus was outside. Okay. And we walked wow. in, and everybody, it was weird. Everybody ate, everybody let them eat. And then it was like the entire restaurant got up and got in line, like as soon as they were done eating, and then they just went through and they just like shook hands and signed stuff. Yeah, I was eleven. I did not know who they were. I just was like crazy. I just was like, "Hey guys, what's up? What's on the Why is that guy wearing a clock?" Oh god! Oh god! I unplugged my mic. <laughs> Everything went dead for a second. Uh, there's nothing, no bigger silence than when these headphones. Oh yeah, disconnect. It, it, it is jarring. You made me laugh so hard earlier; they fell off, and then I was like, <laughs> "Am I deaf?" Yeah, I thought I died. It was just so deathly quiet. Uh, yeah, no, they were they were really good, but uh, it was just as what would a child do if they were allowed to make pancakes? And that's what it tastes like. But it was the candy bar was a nice touch on top of it. Yes, those reasons. Good. Uh, well, thank you. We're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back. 
And this is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. And I survive cause a nigga is special first You get successful, then it get stressful thirst Niggas gon' test you, see what your texture's worth Diamonds and bites, one of them pressure first Street niggas, still I get checks and spurts I'm for peace, but before I get pressed, I murk Better days, pray for, but expecting worse At this level, bullshit, I'm just less concerned Cruising in the six, looking at the proceeds to rap music on my wrist. Drop another mixtape, my shit booming out this bitch. Young Malcolm, I'm the leader of the movement out this bitch. Look, and this is what it feels like. Reach a level, make you question, is it real life? All the weed good, all the pussy real tight. And the only rule, keep your dollar bills this right. Is what it feels like. Welcome back, welcome back. Um... So we have a uh, we have a Patreon, and uh, we are doing a contest right now uh, this week for anyone who was either part of the Patreon or people that signed up this week. Uh, they're going to get their name drawn, or they got entered to get a cooking class from a friend of the show, Chef Bridget Haran, with Indie Urban Foodies. She does this amazing virtual cooking class uh, weekly where uh, you get a cook right alongside her. Um, virtually, they make these amazing dishes, and uh, we're gonna ask you to help out with the drawing if you don't mind. Okay, we got all the names here in this hat. Just make sure there's no funny business. We'll, we'll let you uh, draw the name out. Uh, I hope I don't butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's gonna get mad either way, whoever wins. I'm gonna say this is Marcus. 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 Isn't Marcus win something before? No, Marcus never won. Oh. Is that, Marcus? that is Marcus. That's a terrible handwriting. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Arabic. <laughs> I was uh, thinking like Mar- how- Mar- Marcus I- Swafford, peace be upon him. He uh, <laughs> uh you are the winner of the Indie Urban Foodies uh virtual cooking class. That uh Marcus Marcus is usually I don't know, he's is he technically the co host of the Drunk Dial. Er, nope. I'm sorry, Burn wow, the Well. Your sorry, own so goddamn many, so many podcasts. Sorry. Burn the Well. He's on the Burn the Well. Burn the Well with Jake Johnson. Yeah. yeah. I think that'll be good to hear Marcus. And I don't know if it'll be good for Bridget, but that would be hilarious to watch Marcus cook that stuff with Bridget. That'd be I, I mean, it would be interesting just to make sure he doesn't get uh, his beard hair in the food. There's, you know? a, lot, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of yeah. beard going on <laughs> He's a there. Very masculine, man. Uh, but no, this is great. And so, guys, we're going to be doing uh, giveaways and stuff like this. Sign up for the Patreon. Uh, $3 gets you entered. Um, you get a weekly bonus episode every single week. And even after you're entered, you get entered for drawings and fun stuff like this. We're going to be doing events. We're going to be doing pop-ups. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, fun stuff uh, this summer, the spring and summer. So, yeah. uh, so you, you're going to want to sign up so you can uh, do all this dope shit with us. We got events coming up. In the summer, right? Yes. We got like... Top secret right now. We can't say what they can't are. Can't say what they are, but we got things. We got things on yeah. the horizon. Even They're either COVID ready or, or, or if, if all goes well, maybe like you're welcome back to not COVID. We get both those things, right? Yeah. Both those options. <laughs> However the world goes. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
No matter where the world goes, we're going to have something because Dyke Michaels, as the Indie Monthly says, laughs, laughs, laughs in the face of COVID. I've, does, I've he, never laughed in the does, face of COVID. I, he literally uh, just did when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is he laughed and said, I would never laugh. What are you, Ted Cruz? <laughs> just did it, sir. I'll be right back. I got to go to Cancun. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so this was in the news. Can you bring this up? Uh, we uh, was the Jenner the which is the Kenner Kenner Jenner is that Kenner Kendall Kenner? Jenner Kendall Jenner Wow has a tequila company Okay Have you guys seen this Uh uh-uh. She's got a new tequila company and she is embroiled in controversy oh, Which is man. this is something we've talked about before Is this the Pepsi chick uh, Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's the worst she's the worst But people are saying that it's a cultural appropriation because uh, because she bought this tequila company uh-huh. now. Not a cultural appropriate. There's none of that going on, is it? Yeah, well, and that's that's kind of like I brought this up before, and it, it, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad to uh, talk to a non-white person because I ask white people, then they're always scared, they're always yeah. scared to answer. Listen, he they're is, like I don't know what the rules are here. Listen, you don't have to keep telling a non-white guests that. Like, I'm just so glad I can talk to literally anybody who wasn't just a white guy. Thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can speak today. I got a few things to get off my chest. <laughs> talking, to my, talking to my moon face, as I mentioned, the face of the enemy. Like, I'm looking at this dude who clearly lives at Walmart, and I would love to talk to literally anybody else. Go back to Greenwood, Chris King, you asshole. Uh, as much fun, I'm sure, as it is to dunk on the Jenners, like, I, I just, it seems weird to me, because one, uh, so, like, tequila is very, okay, so let, let's break this down. So, first off, a lot of people, like, I've heard stuff, people get upset when, Somebody's making tacos or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or we've somebody's had this making conversation. Korean food and saying it's cultural appropriation. Yeah. And like food is meant to be shared. Like that's what it brings cultures together, yeah. breaking bread. Like like it's ridiculous to say like, you know, it's like a white person couldn't make a soul food or mm-hmm. a black person can't make a taco. Like yeah. I, I think that's a ridiculous uh, mindset to have when yeah. it comes to food. Because on the flip side of this, which is interesting, I see where you're going with this. I'm glad we're talking about it. On the flip side of this, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, also has a tequila. And well, is the is the so does George Clooney, Casamigos. So does Young Jeezy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad a not white not white person's here. Uh, but uh, but I mean, is that is that what we're we're going with this? Is that she, it's a white person making tequila and that's appropriation, or is there something else uh, that she's doing specifically? Well, first of all, she's Armenian. I'm not sure what shade they are. I know they're very hairy people. <laughs> like, I never. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I never considered uh, I Armenians it, white before. Let me oh, tell you this. I'm gonna say that the opinions of Dyke Michaels do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Harder Brunch show. They got some eyebrows. I know <laughs> that. Uh, oh my god. Okay. All right, we're not gonna edit that um, out. Good, good. We'll have that. No, but um, I'll be a clip people wow. will find. <laughs> so I, I okay. So the, the and, and the thing, a lot of times with this controversy, they, like they showed two people that tweeted something. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then they're it's like only two people. Yeah. yeah. Controversy. And so here's the thing. Uh, tequila is a product that uh, it's like kind of like uh, champagne where it has to be made in uh, certain regions, you know, like has yeah, to be yeah. made in certain places. Mm-hmm. So there are people that, yeah, their livelihood is Based harvesting, yeah. you know, and, and making like tequila is a yeah. way more steps than making traditional spirits like not traditional spirits, but like a spirit like vodka or a spirit like gin. You know, it's sure. just it's um, very um, time. Uh-huh. What's the word? I'm looking consuming? For. Time consuming, yeah. Okay. I was like, time exhausting. Like time I, because of the aging and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of the word vaccine last week, so you're fine. Um and and and, and the harvesting and the and the and the roasting the 
So, okay. So you have all that and you have these people that do, yes, they are maybe uh, generational people that have worked in this business. But I would say when any celebrity comes and puts their face on something, yes. it's only going to make that company right. sell more products. That's, I mean, that's all it is. It's just slapping a face on. It's a familiar. I mean, it's social. It's just what social media always is doing. But this was happening way before social media is that this is a recognizable face that is now slapped on this brand or this product. And yeah. because of that recognition, and they're already attaching themselves to that, it gives a voice to whatever is coming out. I mean, that's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't <laughs> think he's making the tequila, Zach. I no, think that we're making the tequila. He, he, <laughs> he's just saying, like, I like tequila and maybe making it, maybe ask them to do certain things. He's not making it. Just like Ryan Reynolds doesn't make the aviation gin. I know a lot of celebrities make it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the thing to do now. I didn't, yeah. uh, bingo uh, card ready. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I get, I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm always willing to listen to the, the other side, but yeah. I would like to listen to, uh, a, a producer, somebody that works in the industry. If I could talk to like a Mexican person who works in that industry, I would love to get their opinion on the matter. Call out? Just, so, so what are they saying? Like, what she, is that what the deal is she, that she's her face is just on it or is like she bought the land what, that you, is being cultivated. Can you, can you read a couple of those tweets for us? Did sec? she buy the land? Hold on. That's Kendall Jenner starting a tequila brand with zero knowledge on Mexican culture and calling it 818 tequila is gentrification hmm. capitalized. <laughs> the 818 does not claim calaba, uh, calabasas. Uh, what about those smaller family owned Mexican tequila mezcal brands? They divorce, they deserve this hype and support or hmm. the other one was, Hey, at Kendall Jenner, respectfully, as I say to my toddler, it's a no regarding you hand making the best tequila in the world. Right. You know, you didn't need to reference the fact that I think that's a person that would just wants to make sure people know they have a toddler. There was no reason. <laughs> like, as I say to my toddler, no. Like, you can say no to an adult. Why does the toddler have to be involved? Like, we get it. You have a kid. Again, going back to, like, Kendall's not making the tequila by hand. She like, I don't know what we're talking about. And if it is being yeah. made in Mexico, then all she's doing is helping whoever's been making it. And I'm sure she bought it. I don't know anything about this. This is the first I'm hearing of it. But listen, I'm not pro Kendall Jenner at all. I think Kendall Jenner is very much. Is that what you said off air? <laughs> she, she's the one that did the Pepsi thing. I mean, this is probably what happens is she's already done some appropriation that we've yeah. all confirmed. Like, so yeah, that was not right cool. Now, yeah. So now it's just like this. It's like, ah, she's at it again. But also, is she the one that's dating Travis Scott? Because I'm very pro Travis Scott. Cactus Jack. He does some dope ass Nikes. Is that right? I don't know these. I don't know these Jenners. I don't know who does. He's what. making. Bur- he Travis Scott is appropriating McDonald's because he. Has- <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. McDonald's has been blowing up. Well, first with Travis Scott and then with Pokemon, they're they're killing it. What was his? What was his thing? It was uh, he had a he had a McDonald's meal. But what was the meal? I know it came with a sprite, which is fine. But like the burger, it's like seemed- a quarter pounder. It was Jeez. just a quarter pounder. I didn't and believe like lettuce on it or something. It was, yeah, it was. It had a weird. I didn't believe it was. It's a medium sprite, a quarter pounder with bacon and yeah. fries with barbecue sauce. That's right. That's all Bam. it was. But if you but so this is the thing that's interesting is that McDonald's to promote it, they had like these T-shirts that said Cactus Jack, and it's just the the uniforms that McDonald's was making. Mm-hmm. And that's I remember when we were or the theme was racing for some reason, so we had racing T-shirts when I worked at McDonald's. And then, so people would get these shirts from McDonald's and then put them online, like at Stocks or Goat, and sell them for like 150 200 bucks for McDonald's uniforms because he slapped his name on there. I've listened to that guy rap-wise. I'm not a huge fan, but that guy, I don't know what he's doing, but he knows what he's doing. He also had some special edition Jordans where he just reversed the swoosh, and you cannot find them anywhere. If You, you can get them on like Goat or Stocks, and they're like $10,000. It's insane. 
is it like upside down or just backwards? Just backwards. Uh-huh. That's all he did. And it's only on one side. I think I think they're ugly, but they are. He the knows kids what he, love it. Yeah, the kids love it. It slaps, I think, is what the kids oh, say. Oh, good. Well, let's, let's just leave it to them to say that then. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I, I mean, I don't know if they're... Speak about appropriation. That's <laughs> <laughs> just appropriated culture. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, I think this is... I don't know. I, I don't want to ever be pro-Kendall or any of the genders. Yeah. Uh, genders I'm not, <laughs> hey, I don't like any of that. I'm not a fan of any gender. How That's, many genders did you say there were? <laughs> But yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's just really. This is a stretch. I yeah. just think this is like. Well, she sucks. Clearly, she sucks. She's done this before, and people are just kind of grabbing at straws. But I think if you grab at something like this that isn't real and mm-hmm. isn't real appropriation, it dilutes when these things are actually, actually happening. Up, exactly. Right, and that's what I don't like about it is that she's going to do actual appropriation or actually something that's like this again, and it yeah. takes away from that. Where you're just calling all of this, and th- and that's why I like to. I always shake my head, but I always. Bring it up because it's like I don't know anybody of color that actually feels that you know a white person can't make a taco or you know like yeah we've talked about this before because but the thing about it is is that and like I don't know how you feel about it but I think that that's that's we have talked about that where it's really you know what do you do because if you're a white chef what do you make I mean we are you know there's a lot of mashed potatoes I yeah. think is the, really all I'd be allowed to make mayonnaise there. sandwich mayonnaise sandwich yeah. Green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. <laughs> Got to put the potato chips on there. But you talked about a white person can make soul food. I don't know if they can. Like I don't. Th- I don't know if that works. I think there are some things that work. But if I had to open well, up what, a place, what is soul food? Okay, like, Doug, I'm, I'm not. I, see, like, I don't even I, feel like, comfortable answering the question. Because people, people tend to put black chefs in a box and say barbecue or soul food. But isn't all food and all culture soul food? Because everybody has a mom or an aunt. Yeah. That. Is a bomb cook in yeah. the family? I would say mm-hmm, I would you know? say not all food is soul. A hot dog is not soul food. Depends on where you're getting it from. Oh, <laughs> you had soul food hot dogs? I'm just saying. <laughs> Have you seen those people with those? What's that? Uh, that hot dog eating competition? Yeah, the yeah. Nathan's. soul food somebody, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joey Chestnut. <laughs> That's my soul food. Yeah, no, I, I, I've never thought about it that way. But, I mean, I guess this the thing is I don't know where the line is. But you and I, Dyke, we talked about where that line is a couple of times. The dudes from Misfits, Misfits were here. Mm-hmm. And we talked about because they do kind of Korean infusion. Am I mm-hmm. saying right? But this is just a couple of white guys. Mm-hmm. And and I think that they said they were having a little bit of backlash about that. But I don't know. It's just it's it's inter- It's an interesting question. Well, if that's the case, I guess I'm appropriating Japanese cuisine too. Then. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, yeah, I mean, where where does it stop? I think that that's the the benefit that I've seen, and obviously not my place at all to say what is or is not appropriation, but I think the benefit is there are some things where you wouldn't see it otherwise. Like, you wouldn't have it otherwise. There's no exposure to that, and people need to stay in their lane means that you're not experiencing other cultures, and I think that that's important. (laughs) Like, that's the point. I know there's probably people just just telling me that I need to stay in my lane, but... Have you had that? that? Nobody has personally came to me and said anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't going to. I thought you were looking at me like no one said to me yet. It's probably some person that said something somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, but do I give a damn? Right. No. Right, right, right. Do I still think my food's better than yours? Yeah. Yeah. Would I back that up any day of the week? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we you know we should do a food competition other than just making that meat cake that you did that would look like a dick that one time. Like I, other chefs involved, that'd be cool. I, pre- I prefer to do collaborations <laughs> over competitions, you know? Yeah. I never going to recover from people that. Are very sensitive. They are. <laughs> people can be sensitive sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially like Zach. He's very sensitive when we have these competitions. So 
We just keep it really, uh, you know, communal based. We all there's yeah. no winners or losers anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, we had the meat competition and Zach won, and then we had that other competition with the. Uh, that wasn't a competition. Sexy. Well, it's weird because that, Bridget still won. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Bridget made a very nice uh, charcuterie board. Charcuterie, which complemented the other dishes, I would say. Yeah, very that well. was good. <laughs> And you got that thing, and then you just got that thing from St. Elmo's, right? Is that what you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a to-go box. Yeah. That's right. we, he's referencing we made some uh, sexy food uh, yeah. for Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. But for, for some reason, whenever I think of sexy food, I just think of uh, every time I went out on Valentine's Day, you just got like uh, like the steak corporate dinner. steak dinner. Yeah. And it was just like. The filet. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Was, you did it. It was a filet, a starch, and a veg. That's and right. Just like, the, 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 like, isn't that, that sexy? Ironically, like he, the the thing he made before for the meat kick challenge was a penis, yeah. and that it was a literal meat dick that he made, and and then he thought like, no, 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 now I'm going to do something sexy. Here's a, here's a here's an office steak. Here's what here's the, the sexy part is at the end I should have wrapped it up in a aluminum foil swan. That's yeah, full nineties with it. Here we yeah, go. That would have been yeah, that would have been with really a side good. of curly parsley. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly right. What was your uh, what was your first cooking job? My first cooking job, shit, working with my father, but actually getting paid. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I worked for Aramark Food Services at Butler University. I was oh, a, wow. I started out as a dishwasher in the there they had two different dishwashers. You had dishwashers that washed the plates and faculty uh, you know, the trays and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you had the pot and pan. Right. Uh, That's where I was because I was Oh, you were pots and pans? Yeah, I was a thicker guy. Kind of <laughs> taller than everybody else. I, really, I think it's really nice of you to all of us as we're sitting here. Hanging over our chairs, you're like, I was a thicker guy. Like, look, did you look who you're talking to? I'm just saying, but in our in this in this place, you're a medium, sir. But being that we, but being that we all are thick guys, yeah. and you guys all know, as soon as you walk in a room or you go somewhere and somebody needs something move, who's the first person they get yeah. to? Yeah, yeah. If you're the tall guy, you're gonna have to pick up shit and put it up places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, but that's it's, that was just my role. It's like the only time people call me strong is when they are moving. You yeah, know? <laughs> like, they need so this strong. couch move. Well, I thought it was because like I, I know like uh, I did a lot of the dish stuff, and I, I used to work at McDonald's, and I did it. I think it's because they didn't put me by the food because they're like, well, that guy's gonna eat the food. He can't <laughs> can't have him making the burgers. We'll never get him out of there. The only reason why I ended up on the line was because two people called in on a Tuesday on the grill, and the grill on Tuesday was. At Butler? Yeah, at Butler University. It was Grilled Cheese Tuesday. Oh, they, they blow grilled, up for grilled they, cheese? Bro, everybody on <laughs> really? campus came and ate grilled cheese. Why? Why grilled cheese? I don't know, bro. I can't. I so what does that mean? Does that mean that you were making an amazing grilled cheese? Or like every other day it was so below the bar, you're like, <laughs> this time it's like. It, uh, Tuesday was Grilled Cheese Day. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> everybody told me. That you know, just keep up with everything. Make a bunch of them, move them up, prep it up, and you'll be good. No, this just cheese between two pieces of bread. That's what you think. Oh, okay. But that's what I'm saying. Think. Like, you got all these frat guys, and they're coming in, and they're yeah. getting ten and twelve of them and smushing them together oh. and trying to eat them all in the same time. It's just people, <laughs> grown kids doing weird things with food when, because it's free. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because you can take as many as you want. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know how. I've, I've a, never. It's a big cafeteria. 
You don't have to pay for stuff. You know what's we, really funny? We didn't go to that kind of college. Yeah, we did not. Well, actually, you know what's really funny about that? Not to I had a when I was in college, I went to for a year in Knoxville, Tennessee. I went to a Christian college, okay. and they How had a cafeteria. <laughs> it was everything you think it is. It was a cult. <laughs> it was a cult. It was everything you think it was. Um, I, I I mean, it was the hits where I got my I, I got kicked out. <laughs> so that's how it was. Uh, also. Uh, I got a speeding ticket from a from a chef. He said he looked like Chris was going too fast, and I had to park my car outside of campus. But the campus was actually not like like UT is Knoxville. Like you go to Knoxville downtown, or like Butler, you're like it's intermingled with you know it's sort of like off to the side, but sort of in, in, intermingled yeah. with where people live. This school was not like you had to find you had to know where it was to find it, and it was in a bubble. It was a hundred percent a cult. Um, <laughs> but but then I went to the my dad. You know, whatever it was, we we had student loans, or whatever, and he got whatever the full plan was for the food, like all the meals or whatever. You get all of them. So then, I when I go there, I didn't slide my card to pay because it doesn't matter. I get all of them. Why do I need to do that? The line's really long. All of it's paid for anyway. Who cares? Mm-hmm. So then I got in trouble because that wasn't the I, was, case. I wasn't. Yeah, they they need. I didn't. I didn't know about inventory at the time, uh, but they need mm. to know what you're sliding and who's eating and who's eating what. Otherwise. We know sitting here now, there's food yeah. costs. Like mm-hmm. apparently, if no one does it, then they're like, well, we don't know how many people were coming through here, or whatever. So yeah, so I got in big trouble because I wasn't doing that, and it was a whole back and forth. It was not why I was kicked out. I was kicked out uh, for because there was a curfew, and we didn't and we didn't come back. And you don't all. follow rules. Didn't I? Don't follow any of the rules. Yeah, I thought you were having um, uh, sex before marriage. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I wasn't. <laughs> that's what it was. I was going to keep it on the DL. But yes, yes, sex is why we got kicked out for sex. It's a good good reason to get kicked out. Oh man, you broke her few. Wow. <laughs> oh man, it's against mass. That's right. Yeah, she. Yeah, but she. And, and yeah, we were both kicked. We were both kicked out. But I think the thing is, like, there was like they were so relieved probably when I left. Like the, the, the dude that was speeding through, the dude that's just taking all the chicken tenders in the world. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I was. I don't. I can't remember. I don't think I was allowed to just have uh, infinity sandwiches even then. Man, you could get whatever you want. They whatever they want. Wow! You can give everyone. How? Wait, what years were you at Butler? How was? When were you that there? was two thousand six. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, two thousand six. That was a dark time in Broad Ripple history. Like I remember, <laughs> I just remember. Well, because we, you guys was are both surprised. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, I don't. We, did you ever go to Broad Ripple on a Friday? I, I mean, I, I lived in Broad Ripple like two thousand one. When I when I was when I went down there, it was probably like two thousand six ish, and I was living in Chicago, and I got into or almost got into like five fights. It just seemed like everybody was fighting. You were an asshole, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It was just like it was like everything was like. I remember buying a beer for a dude who was like he was hitting on my sister, and her, my sister's boyfriend was like, "Hey, that's my girlfriend." And the guy was like, they got into sort of an altercation. I'm like, listen, everything's cool. Let's all be kind of. I'll buy you a beer, and that was offensive. Like they were just. It seemed like everything was real fighty yeah. back then. And I just didn't know if you saw that when you were working at Butler's campus. Like, Me personally, my- working at Butler's campus, <laughs> I didn't want to be on campus that long. <laughs> you know, because of, you know, profiling and things of that nature. Oh. But I tended to, like me and my friends, like, because I worked there, they had like open gym and we would play basketball there. Yeah. And some people didn't like that. Being wow. that we didn't go to school on the campus yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but it was told to me that as one of the perks for working yeah, that makes sense. whatnot you can yeah you can go to open gym and you can have your friends come to open gym and we were playing with some of the basketball team 
Yeah. It was there. You know, it wasn't no problem. Nobody had any beefs or anyone. Look, they like they like twelve black guys, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> no, it was, but besides that, I mean, it was. I just because I didn't know if people were like when they're coming in there and like somebody getting into like grilled cheese fights, like give them my grilled cheese fight, and even that get fighty. Yeah. All I know is those people, kids came in, they ate everything in abundance, <laughs> and then kept it pushing, man. But, wow. I mean, it was, it was a fun job. I got to meet a lot of people. I got to go into a lot of uh, parties that I yeah. wasn't supposed to be at. But, I mean. Yeah. I bet those parties time. were for real. Oh, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. But it was a good learning experience. I yeah. learned a lot working in that kitchen. You also, sure. like, I, I, I used to work at a summer camp for, like, that was, like, my first job like that. Mm-hmm. And I started as a dishwasher and then, like, you know, ended up being a uh, prep cook but we'd serve and you mm-hmm. hear everything coming through that line i don't know why i feel i felt like people came through the line and they just wanted to unburden themselves and tell you all the gossip oh, yeah. and tell you like really? everything you're like that's a bartender really yeah. oh yeah i yeah. did not know that you're how they're like just like sliding sliding in the line with their trays and like they tell you stuff oh bro people talk to you about anything if they want to if if you're going to listen to me yeah for 15 seconds while i get my food yeah, and get a lot this of line, time yeah people don't need a lot of time bro <laughs> Sometimes people just need somebody to listen real quick. Wow. That's that's some lonely ass shit when you're like <laughs> you're like trying to squeeze in a story as you're getting a grilled cheese. Like I don't even know how that that I don't like I didn't like when I was in Chicago, I didn't like talking to people that, that I knew on the subway because I knew my stop was coming up and I didn't like <laughs> to be cut off when I was like maybe mid story. I would avoid people that I knew on the subway so I wouldn't have to like cut my story off soon. But in a in a food thing, that's just not very long. Because bartending, I got that a lot as a bartender, but they're there. And they're yeah. there as long as they want to be. Like, I think especially when they're going through grilled cheese, like, people are moving. They're like, I got to tell you this really important thing real fast. That's crazy. Yeah. I think it's too, like, were you there for, like, multiple meals, too? It was more or less of dinner. Dinner. Dinner yeah, service. I was there for dinner. Uh, yeah, it just becomes, like, that person you see every day mm-hmm. when you're eating. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did not know that. And so it's it? like, to them, you just magically appear with food. You know, they don't think, they, oh, this person's been... Yeah, prepping for hours and it's mm-hmm. going to clean up for hours after the, they show up. There's food, and like oh hey food guy. Like my only experience from like colleges like that is based on is movies because the cult college was not like regular college at all. You were <laughs> you weren't allowed to wear shorts in the cafeteria or dance. That was real. It's too sexy. <laughs> they could picture you dance. in shorts dancing. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. So I don't know what real college is like, but it, I didn't see that. It, if I didn't see it in like Van Welder, then I don't know that it happens. So what uh, they're doing that. What led to all that uh, premarital sex? That's right. I was wearing my I wore my shorts uh, my shorts unabashedly, and I danced wherever. I didn't care. The ladies loved it. I'm like that guy's a rebel. That's the only that's the only place in the we world. Get this guy off campus. <laughs> that's the only where in the place in the world where I was like, this guy's a rebel. I look like I look like somebody who listened to too much Sublime. I had like, the ball necklace that was turning my net green and bleached hair and Jenkos. But of course, at that school. Everybody was like enclosed or like homeschooled. Like they sent their kids there yeah. to like get away from me. And then they dropped their kids off and like, and I'm at the there. door. Like he's there. Look at him. Well, I'll tell you what. I wish I had some of that Kendall Jenner tequila <laughs> to make me forget when you said slaps earlier. Um, <laughs> can you drop that plug music? Uh, so I'm very excited uh, about this pop up on Wednesday. I'm definitely yeah. going to be there. Sir, yes, sir. Can you, can you give us a, a little preview of what's going to be on the menu? Um, we're going to be bringing out a black garlic ramen and oh, we're yeah. also bringing a spin on something I saw when I was in LA with a birria ramen with tacos to go with it. And what time did you say that pops off? It's going to be from five to 10 Wednesday through Friday. 
And that is the at the Lincoln Square Pinky Lincoln House. Lincoln Square in um, Irvington off of Autobahn in East Washington. It's right next to Giacomo's. Right, yep, the yeah, 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 right yeah, across yeah. the street from the Starbucks. And okay, I'm assuming yeah, yeah. that's something that probably sells out. Like, yeah, how do you Ramen sells out fast. Yeah, okay. yeah so, gotta get there. If you want it, you yeah. gotta come get it. All right. Uh, I'm excited. I know what I'm eating for dinner on Wednesday. Chris King, what you got? Uh, I am doing the Snap Podcast, talking about WandaVision. We got two more episodes to go. Uh, this one, we talked about the latest episode. It's just me and my buddy Gunner theorizing what the hell is going on in the show, and there's a lot. Uh, and then I have my Instagram is Dr. Galactus, and it's just action figures that Amy uh, takes pictures of, and then she tries to describe what they are, and she is always wrong. Yeah. <laughs> always, always wrong. Always, always, or she has no idea where they are. One time it was Mutagen Man, and I, I don't know if you're you, like a that's ninja, a comic book guy, right? That's a Ninja Turtle villain. He was a he was a really like a like a D list character. This is exactly your your face you're making right now is what Amy does. It's yeah. the whole Instagram <laughs> is your face right now. But yeah, it was Mutagen Man. Dyke knows because yeah. Dyke. Did you have that in a Pop Tart box? It was like a he was like a clear guy that his guts just kind of floated around inside. Yeah, and you could fill it with water. You could fill it with like slime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and, the pink guy. Yeah, alright There was when the guy's no, stomach yeah, yeah, yeah. No that's Krang okay. Oh yeah 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 That's Krang That's the android that's Anyway yeah See that's the deal She has no idea what they are She but got that wrong She could <laughs> she, she got it wrong too And then I came in that day And Dyke said Hey tell Amy that's mutagen man Like dude I know what it is I bought it Like you gotta tell me what it was um, But yeah So it's essentially It's just a Chris King what do you think You just ate with my action figures And Amy does it So it's, uh, it's pretty good If you wanna check it out Definitely Oh, it's on me. Yeah. 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 No, uh, I'd say uh, I'd just like to plug our Patreon. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch, and you can get uh, extra episodes every single week. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. Perfect. Uh, I would like to plug um, uh, The Drunk Dial, my other podcast. Listen to us. Uh, we've had amazing access to all these comics. Yeah. Um, some pretty big comics from New York and L.A. because they're not doing shit. And so they get a... Get a drunken call from me. Uh, <laughs> what every comedian wants. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know you're successful. Uh, I was talking to this comedian, Renan uh, Hirschberg, and I was trying to explain the whole point. I was like, yeah, we started calling people about a year ago, uh, me and my friend Bridget, because uh, everybody's comics were just like feeling terrible. And I was just like calling him, trying to check in. He was like, so you thought someone was going to commit suicide and then a call from you was going to stop them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like... Well, now that you say it like that, <laughs> I do feel like an ass. And I'm sorry, did we miss your uh, Instagram for the E-Factory? E-Factory.Indy. E-Factory.Indy. All right, we'll see you guys next time.